Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And a very happy Friday to each and every one of you on this uh, Friday that is election day for the European elections and the local elections and there's a, div- there's a referendum on how we handle divorce is also going on and of course in uh, Cork City, Waterford and in Limerick there's also a plebiscite going on so there's lots of voting and ballot papers to get through uh, today. We're encouraging each and every one of you to get out and vote. I would suggest that you get out and vote early uh, because particularly here in Ireland South with the European election paper being so long, over two foot in length, 22 three names on it. It is the longest of all of the three constituencies. Dublin, for example, have 19 names in the Midlands. Northwest has 17. So with 23 hopefuls, over two foot long. I have never seen a ballot paper like the one I was presented with this morning. So it does take quite some time, both for the polling clerks, because they've got it's perforated down the side. So, and you've got to wait until somebody comes in to vote in order to, to tear it out of the book. So that's a bit time uh, consuming. And then obviously the person themselves, when they go to vote, you could be, depending and if you where you are, city and county, you could have four, you could be handed four different ballot papers. The European ballot paper is, as I say, that's the big long one. That's coloured white. The local elections actually is interesting. There's no uniform colour. It depends on where you are, city or county, as to the colour of that. The divorce referendum is a green ballot paper. You just need to put an X, yes or no, whichever way you want to vote on that. And then for voters in the city, the plebiscide ballot paper is uh, pink. And again, it'll be a yes or a no. You're not actually voting for the particular mayor. You're, you're, you'll vote for that uh, later on if the plebiscite uh, goes through. So you can expect delays at the busier times of the polling stations. That's why if you're, you know, around this morning, I would suggest morning times, usually they're quiet enough at the polling stations. Lunchtime is normally a very busy time and then it builds up into the afternoon and certainly evening time. A lot of people make the decision to vote on the way home from uh, work. So there could be some queues, there could be some delays. So if you can get out earlier for your own sake. Uh, But please vote. Please get out and vote. It's so important. People past generations fought so hard that 
so that we could vote. Uh, and also you think of countries where they don't have that right to vote. So it is a great, great uh, privilege. Good luck to all of the uh, candidates and tomorrow is going to be a busy day as well with the the count uh, taking place. Actually talking about uh, tomorrow uh, here in C103 from 10 o'clock tomorrow night our own uh, John Paul will be hosting a Cork Today election special. It'll be bringing you the updates on all the incoming results from the local elections. We'll have reporters at the count centres in Mallow County Hall, Clonakilty and City Hall. So that's just a special Cork Today election special tomorrow night from 10pm until midnight because I'm imagining between 10 and midnight it's going to be the busiest time with the results coming in because count proper they're saying we'll get underway at about 3 o'clock tomorrow once all of the papers have been uh, segregated but looking at that ballot paper for the European elections and the length of it and I had to fold it over in order to get it into the ballot box. That's going to be time consuming for the people in Mallow in the GAA centre and also in Clonakilty where they'll be separating all of them, putting you know all the Europeans together, all the locals together. Uh, all the divorce referendum ones together and then they get sent out to the various count centres for counting. They're saying three o'clock I don't know. I really don't know if they're going to have it done in that speedy enough in that kind of time because as I say it's going to be time consuming particularly with the European ballot papers just opening them all up so only time will tell so I think tomorrow night from 10 o'clock is when a lot of the votes and a lot of the first counts second counts may be starting to come in so we look forward to joining John Paul uh, on that programme tomorrow night actually John Paul uh, today as we speak is about to leave us here in the building and he's heading over to the race course in Mallow because today is day one of the Mallow Home and Garden Festival which is Munster's biggest outdoor festival. So John Paul is going over there on our behalf, just getting sampling, a bit of the atmosphere and he'll be reporting into the programme throughout the morning letting us know what it's like at the Garden Festival for this year. Today is the final day of our competition which means today is the day that we give away a Hampton three-seater corner lounging set which is made up of the three-seater sofa. It comes with an ottoman and it also comes with a coffee table, all weather resistant for year-round outdoor use. Compliments of the Mallow Home and Garden Show and Co-op Superstores. Guess the guest on the sofa. This is today's guest. This was somebody who appeared on our programme at some stage and you've got to work out who this person is. Okay, it's oh. actually start looking. Let at me the play that one again. I'm sorry, the button wasn't pressed. Let's try that again. A simple metric for that is to try to get ten thousand steps per day. Okay, it might sound like very little, but you'd be surprised when you actually start looking at it and measuring it. That um, particular interview I remember doing it was at uh, an outside broadcast for the West Cork Food Festival. I'm sure that was the one in in Skibbereen. Anyway, uh, do you know who that is? We'll play it again throughout the morning and then in the final hour we'll give you the chance to enter become the final qualifier for today then we will have five names that will go into the hat and somebody will win that Hampton three-seater corner lounging set compliments of the Mallow Home and Garden Show and the co-op superstores in Mallow as I say we uh, will hear from John Paul throughout the morning as to how the Garden Festival is going on day one now coming up on the programme this morning we're going to be speaking in a couple of minutes with the Irish Wheelchair Association they're looking for investment in a number of areas but one of the key topics they're going to be discussing is public transport and if you think about it if you are a wheelchair user and you don't drive 
and so you need to rely on public transport. If you don't have adequate public transport, then you are going to feel very, very isolated. And the Irish Wheelchair Association are highlighting the fact that the government is about to spend three billion or up to three billion on connecting people virtually through the national broadband plan. Yes, we have people who are listening to this programme today who cannot get outside can't get out of their own home, can't go anywhere because they don't have wheelchair accessible public transport. And even if you want to say go on the train, you have to book in advance. And that just doesn't seem fair. If you want to, if if you or I or any able-bodied person wants to get up in the morning and decide, oh, I'll take a train or I'll take a bus somewhere, we can walk, drive, get to the bus station, get to the train station and hop on the bus or the train. That's not the same if you are a wheelchair user and that's not fair and that's causing isolation for those people. So we're going to be discussing that on the programme today. We're going to hear from a young mother who shares her story of what life is like living in a B&B, living in a hotel. They recently lost their house, the house they were renting. The landlord wanted it back. We'll find out why. And uh, they haven't been able to find any more, any other suitable accommodation in the North Cork uh, area. Obviously, they're on the council's housing list. We know that that list is just seems to be getting longer and longer. So what is life like? living in a hotel. We'll discuss that on the programme today. We're also hearing from a listener who wants to highlight an issue that I wasn't aware of. This was to do with, he received a cheque from America, dollar, American dollar cheque, and went to lodge it into his bank. But it seems the costs involved with lodging an American dollar cheque. Now, I don't know if it's to do with other currencies as well, or is it just something particularly pertaining to a a cheque drawn down from America and I don't know if anybody else has had problems in the past with that have you tried to lodge not not just cash wanted to lodge it into your bank account have you had any problems with an Amer- a cheque coming from an American uh, bank uh, we'll have details of of floorball this is a new sport on me now I have to say it's a fundraiser in aid of uh, two terrific uh, charities that's going to be happening on the bank holiday weekend we're looking for teams to take part so we'll have more details uh, on that and then it is Friday Mark Malone will join us giving us some suggestions if you want to go to the movies this weekend Bernie is sitting in for John Paul who's leaving us to head over to the Mallow Race Course for the Garden Festival. So she takes your calls at 1850-333-103. If there's anything you want to share with us, you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103-103. And some breaking news to tell you. The British Prime Minister, Theresa May, has announced her resignation. She will step down as leader of the Conservative Party on the 7th of June. She met with the leader of the backbench Conservatives, Graham Brady, to discuss her future this morning after her authority was left in tatters following the backlash against her new Brexit deal. Senior ministers set out their concerns and what has been described as Frank talks. I'm sure they were with the Prime Minister as Downing Street delayed publication of the Withdrawal Agreement Bill, which of course had set out Theresa May's Brexit plan in law. Um, so she's gone as of the 7th of June, where that now leaves Brexit. God only knows. Okay, that's the very latest on uh, a breaking news story. Now, a listener, yesterday morning, I called out a text from a listener 
who wanted me to highlight a speeding car that they had witnessed in the town of Mill Street and when they'd done a bit of investigation it seems the person driving this car uh, seems to speed through the town of Mill Street early in the morning I'm assuming heading to work and the car went so fast listener wasn't able to get the car registration number was just able to tell us it was a light blue Ford and asked us to call it out in the hope that the person driving the car might just be listening and to say to the person, would you ever slow down, please? You know, and I made the point, an accident waiting to happen. Cop yourself on a little bit here, please. You know, you're either going to kill yourself or kill somebody else. So just slow it down a little bit. And then I hear in the news today that the, the Garda Shikona are out in force today because it is it is National Slowdown Day. So it's kind of coincidental that we're talking about this today. Well, I've had another text in from a listener saying, Patricia, uh, I am a listener who lives near Mill Street. I was listening to your programme yesterday regarding the speeding Ford car that somebody had witnessed in Mill Street town yesterday morning. Well, that car passes up the Butter Road every morning at around 6.45. Yeah, it was 6.40 it was spotted yesterday. And it's a disgrace, the speed that the person is driving at. You're right. It is an accident waiting to happen. Now, we've got a bit more detail. It's a 05 Ford Focus, light blue in colour. Uh, I've met the car on a couple of occasions on the road as well, and it's the same story. The car also goes back in the opposite direction in the evening at the very same speed. So it's somebody going to and from work. I'm not the only person, by the way, complaining about it, as there are others on this road who have also spotted this car, as well as the guards. They would want to have a chat with the driver big time. Thank you for reading this out and highlighting this on your programme. Now, I don't want to, I'm not into, I won't be calling out if somebody does have the full car registration number. But if, if, if somebody can get the registration number and ask the guardie, to, to investigate whoever's driving this uh, car for the person's own good. I don't know if it's a male or a female driving the car. I don't know what age the person is driving the car, but it is somebody driving with excessive speed early in the morning when there probably isn't a lot of cars out on the road. But, you know, as I said yesterday, you, you can never allow for a dog running out a blowout of a tyre are somebody just happening to be out early in the morning who's not normally out early in the morning trying to cross the road not aware that somebody's going to be you know flying down to the main street in uh, Mill Street so again we call it out in the hope that the person listening person driving might be listening or if it's a younger person maybe the parents might be listening do you have a son or daughter or a husband or a wife who will be in and around the Mill Street area early in the morning back in the evening driving a light blue Ford Focus would you ever tell them please to just slow down we want to keep them alive and everybody else on the road alive as well 1850 Bernie taking your calls Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. Now, the Irish Retail Association has criticised the government for prioritising connecting people virtually with their €3 billion Euro broadband plan, yet not connecting them physically to their communities. To discuss their pre-budget submission, I'm joined by the CEO of the Irish Wheelchair Association, and that is Rosemary Keogh. Good morning to you, Rosemary. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you're welcome to the programme. Now, an obvious one for wheelchair users, Rosemary, is transport. Yes. How difficult is it for your members to access public transport at the moment? 
It's incredibly difficult, um, Patricia, and it really goes right across the whole transport infrastructure. So, you know, there aren't enough buses that have wheelchair spaces nationally. It's a little bit better in cities than countrywide. There's an issue with people who are using buses, maybe putting buggies or prams in the wheelchair space. There's still a really big problem with people accessing our rail network with this requirement to give 24 hours notice, which is discriminatory. You and I don't have to do that. We can get up today and decide I'm going to travel to Limerick this afternoon or Dublin or whatever. But if I'm a wheelchair user, I have to give 24 hours notice. And then even if I turn up at the railway station, there may not be anybody on duty in the station. There may not be anybody there to put the ramp out to assist with the wheelchair. And there's a huge issue with the built infrastructure and transport as well with regard to our footpaths and our pavements. So you might have an accessible bus, but the bus comes along and then there's a gap between the footpath and getting into the bus. There's also an issue with the number of taxis available. Again, it's a little bit better in cities than it is rurally. But people, you know, living right around the country are being cut off from participating in society because our members and our service users always say to us with regard to transport, if you're a wheelchair user, if you're trying to get into education, if you're trying to get into employment or just get out and see your friends, getting there is often the biggest problem. So right across our entire transport network, there are huge improvements that need to be made. Well, how much would it cost to even just to make buses and trains wheelchair accessible? With regard to the built environment, we were given a piece of research last week which would indicate that if we were to make our footpaths and our platforms accessible so that people can actually get on and off, it would cost about £125 right across the country. And if you compare that to the £3 for the broadband project, it's really just a drop in the ocean. And, and, you know, it's we're constantly talking about the ageing population. We will yeah. have more and more people who will be using wheelchairs into the future. Yeah, absolutely. And we see that with our own membership. So when the Irish Wheelchair Association was founded nearly 60 years ago, the people who founded it were ma- mainly people who had an acquired disability through an accident, a spinal injury, that kind of type of thing. But we see now more and more of our members are people who may be in later life, might have a stroke or there's another mobility issue because of an illness that's related to age. So it is becoming more and more of a problem. And it's not just people in wheelchairs. If you've got a walker, if you're using a stick, it's just as difficult often to get on and off the bus or the train. Do many of your members feel very isolated, Rosemary, because of this issue? Absolutely. I mean, I was down in Waterford a couple of weeks ago, Patricia, and I met a young lady who's one of our members down there. Fantastic girl, has completed her degree, highly educated, intelligent, would be somebody fantastic if she could get out to work, really wants to participate in society. But she lives in a rural town in Ireland. There are no buses where she lives that she can access. She's not on the rail network, and where she lives, there isn't a single accessible taxi. So she only gets out of her house to come to the Irish Wheelchair Centre locally down in Waterford because of the IWA's own fleet of buses going to pick her up and bring her in. Other than that, Isn't she not that shocking? And that's just one example. There are thousands of people right around the country in this situation. Yeah, I know we had a young girl, just can't remember her name, who uh, was highlighting on this programme. She's in West Cork and needs to get mm. into the city and has qualified as a beautician. She set up her own little business. She needed yeah. to get... And, and no wheelchair accessible bus out of West Cork. And we're thinking, you know, West Cork is such a beautiful, picturesque Absolutely. place. We're constantly yeah, selling yeah. it for, to tourists. You're thinking yeah. a tourist would arrive in Ireland and you could fly into Cork Airport and wouldn't be able to get on a bus to go to West Cork. You wouldn't be able to get anywhere beyond that. Crazy, yeah. crazy. right around the country, Patricia. It's Dublin, it's Cork, it's every pocket of Ireland. This is a massive issue for tens, hundreds of thousands of people, in fact. 
And are there grants available for individuals who are in the, the position that they're able to drive themselves to purchase their own adapted vehicles? There are, um, there are absolutely, there are grants available for that. And that's an avenue that we would always encourage people. But not everybody is going to be able yeah. to drive, depending on the nature of the disability. There are adaptation grants available for cars, and that's fantastic if it's something that works for you. But it's not going to work for everybody. Now, moving from transport to housing, we know we yeah. have a housing uh, crisis. But talk to me, Rosemary, about people with um, disabilities. I believe their waiting list for suitable accommodation can even be longer than the general public. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we've had a national discussion about a housing crisis here, I suppose, for the last, I guess, five, six, seven years. People with a disability, people who are wheelchair users will tell you for them there has always been a housing crisis. And typically they will be waiting anything up to 10 years. And the real issue there, Patricia, is that there are not enough accessible houses being built around the country for people who are wheelchair users. So there are regulations around building in place, but all they actually require is that the front door is wide enough to get a wheelchair into and that there's an accessible bathroom. But you need more than a bathroom and a front door to live your life in your own home. So there are currently over 5,000 people with a disability who are on the housing waiting list. And again, it's right around the country. It's in every, every local authority, in every town, in every county in Ireland. So what we're calling on the government to do is to change their policy and ensure that at least 7% of all social housing is fully wheelchair accessible in a way that somebody can truly live their life independently without the assistance or support of family to look after them, which is what we find now. There's an awful lot of people in Ireland, particularly young people coming up who are wheelchair users, they might be educated, they're trying to get out and live their life, but they're still living at home with their parents and they're kind of almost the hidden homeless mm. because there's an assumption on, on the government's part that your family will continue to look after you. But your family might be working full time, they might be getting older, they might have needs of their own. So there's a whole And also, of also the, people, the, yeah. the, the person with a disability might want to be living at home with mummy well, and daddy forever. No, no, no. I mean, all their friends are kind of leaving home, they're getting out there, they're getting their own place, they're living independently. And it goes back to this issue of equality you know, just because you're a wheelchair user, why should you be discriminated against in terms of finding your own home? And again, I go back to my point about the ageing population when it comes to suitable housing. We're going yes. to need more and more adaptive yeah, housing. Yeah, ab- absolutely we will. And I mean, there are grants available for adaptions where, you know, people acquire a disability, but those grants are means tested and they're capped. And really in the current environment and the cost of construction, they don't go nearly far enough to make the kind of adaptations people would need to their home to be able to live in every part of their home and not just one room, which can often be the case. In your pre-budget submission, Rosemary, you also highlighted the need for more funding for personal assistant services. Talk yes. to me about that and what's lacking there. Yeah, so personal assistant services is a service that enables an individual to live independently with dignity and respect and make their own choices in accordance with their own rights, I suppose, as a citizen in Ireland. And there seems to be a major problem in the way that the government sees or understands what a personal assistant service is. It's not a home health, it's not a care package, but typically somebody with a disability who has a personal assistant service on average is allocated only seven hours a week for that service. So if you imagine that, that's half an hour in the morning, half an hour in the evening perhaps to get you up in the morning, get you back into bed. But you're not going outside the hall door. You're not going to work. You're not going to college. 
you're not seeing your friends because with half an hour a day, that's not really going to help you. So what we're asking the government to do in our pre-budget submission is to carry out comprehensive research to establish what the real unmet need for personal assistance services is and allocate a budget for the individual personal assistance service that allows each, each person to have their quality of life based on what their needs and choices and rights are, not what budget is available. And I should give you just one quick example of that, Patricia. We had a service user who was in who had a, a, a package, a 24-7 package every day of person passed away, their hours weren't given to somebody else with the same need. Their hours were carved up across about 10 different service users, each getting a small number of hours a week. That doesn't help you live your life in any kind of independent way. Okay, listen, well done on your uh, pre-budget submission. And did it annoy you when you heard the amount of money that was going to be spent on the rural broadband? And while rural broadband is great, and and, and I'm, I'm conscious of people in rural areas saying we need our broadband, but did it annoy you to see that that kind of money could be available? I think when you see it available so quickly, and the t- you know the, the kind of money that we're talking about is is really a very small fraction of that. And I suppose to go back to the rural bra- broadband, yes, of course it's important, but more important are people living in isolation rurally who cannot get out of their homes because of their disability. I don't think broadband is going to make much of a difference to their lives. Okay, we'll leave it there, Rosemary. Thank you for that. And thanks for joining us. Uh, Good morning to you. That is Rosemary Keogh. And Rosemary is the CEO of the Irish Weed Share Association. Uh, 1850-333-103. Some of your texts and calls coming in on Theresa May. When we mentioned the breaking news story that Theresa May has stepped down, she has announced that she will leave uh, her position on the 7th of June. Uh, Michael says, Patricia, I feel for Theresa May to hear her voice crack after such a powerful final speech which we expect and one which she delivered with dignity. It goes to show how alone you are as a chairman or as a prime minister of anything. She only now has her husband and she's lucky to have that. Politics is a ruthless and a thankless game. However, now the games begin in Europe and the United Kingdom and that's from uh, Michael O'Sullivan in uh, Castletown Bear and, and you're right I, I, politics is a, a ruthless uh, game and that's why I think of all of the candidates who are going forward today you know be it for local elections or for the Europeans uh, they you know I have so much respect and admiration for anyone who puts their head above the parapet and says yeah I'm, I'm willing to stand because Michael is right it is a ruthless and at times can really be a thankless game which I'm sure Theresa May uh, is thinking about uh, today. It's also interesting to note that she will go down now in history as one of the shortest serving Prime Ministers since uh, post-World War Two, and that's kind of one of the records you don't really want to have. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three, and just on the speeding car that we mentioned, in particular this one that's been going through Mill Street early in the morning, this light blue Ford uh, Focus. Someone else says, Patricia, I heard you on about that car at high speed in Mill Street. Well, there's a driver of a small green car that regularly drives between Clonakilty and Lep, and in that general area, who should slow down particularly when meeting or passing people out walking. The driver seems to speed up when there's walkers around and drives close to the edge where the walkers are, coming dangerously close at times. 
by the way, this driver isn't young and he is known locally that a casualty could result and the driver really should know better. So by mentioning it, maybe again, the person who drives that green, small green car regularly around the Clonakilty Lep area, would you be careful, please, when you're overtaking walkers, don't be speeding up and for God's sake, don't be moving closer into the edge of the road. You're frightening the life out of the people out uh, walking and we're into that time of the year when people are out walking in the mornings and uh, certainly in the evening times lots of people out and about with a fine stretch in the evening so you will have more and more people out on the road so you do need to be careful and when I was talking about the guy driving very fast in Mill Street you know Obviously, he's doing it early in the morning when he thinks, oh, I'm not going to come, come against any other car. There's nobody really around. There isn't a lot of traffic around. But you've got to allow for anything can happen. And, you know, an animal can run out was the example I used, a cat, a dog. You know, you swerve to avoid. It's, you know, it's an accident waiting to happen. Somebody says a deer was killed on the Allen the Allens Bridge Road in Newmarket. It ran out in front of a car. Slow down, this says Anne. It is better to be late than to be dead on time. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103103. Okay, we're having problems getting through to um, a common caller, a listener, a young mother contacted us. She wanted to raise her plight on the story, uh, on the programme. Um, she had been listening to John McDonough yesterday, you know, the gentleman who is living in the mobile home in the picnic area in Formoy and along with his wife Natasha and their four children and another baby on the way. They've been given a week by the council via the Gardaí to move on and John was outlining yesterday that they, they, they literally have nowhere to go and he was talking about emergency accommodation and the only emergency accommodation they'd been offered was two separate hotel rooms in Limerick where John would have to go with two of the children and Natasha's wife would have to go with two of the children and they would be apart and they didn't want to split up the family. That prompted a listener in the Mallow area to contact us to say she's in a similar position in that she was renting a property and then the landlord needed the property back. Again, similar to John, John had had no problem with his landlord except that his daughter was coming back from Australia and the house, the plan always was that the house was for the daughter. So that's why John and Natasha had to move out two years ago and they've been unable to get accommodation uh, since. And this lady who contacted us is in a similar situation in that she's got three children. She's pregnant again, I think due in about two weeks time. And she discovers that her landlord recently wanted the house back and she's ended up, can't find accommodation to rent and she's now living in, in, in bed and breakfast. She's living in a hotel and she was going to talk to us just about how difficult it was. But for whatever reason, I don't know. Sometimes people decide, yeah, I want to share my story. And, and I'm always thinking that it's very brave of them to do it. It's not the easiest thing to open up about what life is like living in a hotel room. Um, and you know maybe maybe she's just changed her mind so I, I, I don't know if that's the case uh, or not or something else has cropped up but her, her phone anyway we were we had interacted with her earlier this morning and she was all up for doing it uh, but now the phone seems to be uh, switched off but we are still here for her if she wants to come join us on the programme but it gives me an opportunity to catch up on other issues that are coming in this is also a housing issue and this is an issue really that I'm going to I'm going to re- we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it now but we'll deal with it again next week when we have the 
new council elected and see if we can get any help for this listener or other listeners in a similar situation. The E, this came by email to Patricia at c103.ie Hi, we bought a house Is that Am I going to the phone lines Bernie? No um, We bought um, uh, Sorry, I just need to check there's a delay on this um, um, I don't know if I'm going to uh, No, I haven't got the information on that, sorry um, Okay, we bought This is um, an email that's come in saying we bought a house. Um, After one year, we got neighbours. It was the county council, I'm assuming, bought the property next door and moved neighbours in from uh, the social housing list. That was fine, except the parties started. Um, They now have at least two parties a month and the noise is unbelievable. It doesn't end there. They throw rubbish into my garden. They've been throwing eggs and many other items. We have called on Gardaí many, many times. We report them and we have also reported them to the County Council. I've got to the stage where my children can't sleep at night because of them and because of the noise they're creating next door. They also have children, but they don't seem to care as their children never seem to be in bed before 11pm. I'm working nearly every day and it is unreal if you have to do a job and you simply can't sleep. We are all finding this situation so stressful. Nobody seems to be able to help us. We're now in the position we've decided we're going to have to sell our house. It's unreal to live next door to these people. I've been on the internet and I found out that I'm not the only one. There are other people in similar situations uh, to us. Other people who've also been forced to sell their houses all because they're living next door to neighbours from hell. Please ask some of the people who take responsibility for people like this and housing people like this, what are we to do? By the way, none of them are working and they never were working. I would rather that you didn't give out my name, please, because I'm still living there and I don't want to be identified. This is the whole problem of living next door to neighbours from hell. What do you do? How do you get around it? I mean, it's awful to be in a situation whereby somebody who has bought a house, paid for it, gone out to work, paid for it with their hard earned cash, you know, has a mortgage and now in the situation where she feels, self and her family, they've no other choice but to sell the house. And of course the difficulty there is if you're selling the proper property, are you selling it hiding the fact that there are the neighbours from hell and is how fair or unfair is that to the new tenants that will go in there or even when you're trying to sell it will people start to realise why you're selling it you know will they see the evidence of what's going on next door on one of the times that they come to view it is a really really tricky situation and you know normally when I get emails like this in I'll be saying things like what have you gotten onto the council have you reported it to the Gardaí and it does really look like uh, this particular lady has done everything she's you know sick of calling the guards sick of getting onto the council and they don't seem to be able to do uh, anything for uh, her if you have advice as I say won't go near any well, can't go near any councillors today because the election is on and we have our moratorium where we're not allowed to influence the vote in any way. Uh, but certainly when there's a new council in place, we'll see if we can get some advice for this listener. But in the meantime, we put it out to, to the listeners because I'm assuming there will have been other people 
in this situation in the past? How did you deal with it? Maybe there's somebody in the situation at the moment. Um, and how are you actually dealing with it? And is she right to go down the route that she's going on where she's actually selling a property? Is that the way uh, to go? 1850-333-103. Bernie taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You know I had to come all the way to England to uh-huh. sing with you. <laughs> you know? But it was worth the, the trip.
That's music from Eternal on C103 along with BB Winans and I want to be the only one. Okay, we've got to take a break. We have news at 11 on the way. A lot of calls and texts coming in. We'll catch up with all of those. And also raising some uh, issues of problems listeners are identifying uh, to us of one is lodging an American check an American dollar check in the bank. And we've also discovered another issue. If you want to exchange foreign currencies, seems to be some changes in the banks with how you go around doing that. All of that and more coming up after news at 11. People to go out to vote. The polling stations are open and they remain open until 10 o'clock tonight. We have been predicting over the last number of weeks, because there's been changes to the electoral areas, there will be names on the ballot paper of people that you may not be familiar with, people moving to different areas, councillors, people that you may have voted for in the past will no longer be on your ballot paper, even though they're still running. Well, Margaret in Bantir has contacted us to say she went to vote this morning, took the advice to go out and vote early. She said the people that called to her house to canvas were not on her polling, were not on the voting paper. Um, the right people, she said, never called to her. They must have got all the areas mixed up. She said all the neighbours are in the s- same boat and they're not happy about it at all. I mean, I know, you know, for example, Mill Street is now in the McCroom uh, area that had been in the Canturk area and under Mallow there's huge changes in uh, North Cork there's huge changes in West Cork uh, as well but I really Margaret I'm I'm taken aback to hear that you were canvassed wrongly I'm really surprised about that I thought the confusion was going to be people going in expecting to see somebody that they've always voted for on the ballot paper knowing they were running because they've seen the posters up then to discover that they're in a different uh, electoral area but I really am taken aback uh, to hear that I don't know if that's happened to many others uh, as well and still getting in calls and texts from people to say that their polling card never didn't arrive and can they still vote absolutely if your name is on the register of electors even if your polling card didn't arrive Every time there's an election, there will be some polling cards and we never find out why some polling cards don't turn up, even though they've always been arriving in somebody's house. But once your name is on the register register of electors, uh, you will be able to vote. But obviously, if you're turning up without a polling card and it's the same for everybody with or without a polling card, make sure you have ID a photographic ID because you may be asked for it. Now, I want to go to the comment line because Eileen O'Shea of the Bantry Development and Tourism Association has contacted us. Good morning to you, Eileen. Good morning, Patricia. Now, you want to raise an issue, something that I certainly wasn't aware of, and this is to do with changing a foreign currency. Yes, this is a big issue now for visitors to Ireland is that they can't change their dollars or their sterling or anything unless they have an account here in Ireland. So they can't change it in the banks, the post offices or the credit unions. So when visitors come with their money, they can't, they have nowhere to change it. And you're, I'm, I'm thinking of people coming off cruise ships would be an obvious one. Yes, well, this was a big issue there a couple of weeks ago now when we had a big cruise liner in with people from Canada and from the USA and they were unable to change their dollars. And, you know, we run the local voluntary tourist office here yeah. in Bantry. So uh, like what we had to do is I had to, to take the dollars from them, to go over to the bank, uh, lodge them into my own account, take the money back out and come over and give it to the customer, So which is 
totally like unacceptable, really. And you can't keep doing that. You were very good, by the way. Very good to good uh, act of kindness to to that tourist, and I'm sure he'll go away and talk about that. It was a lovely thing to do, but you can't be doing that for every tourist. Is your point? No, not at all. Not at all. It's just, just uh, well, it, you know, it puts people off spending money, which is what we, you know, we're trying to attract visitors into the country to to bring up the spend. And like, if they can't change their money, it's just. It's just not acceptable, really. And Bernie got on to Bank of Ireland and they say, yeah, they will only exchange money if you have an account with them and it's the same in the credit union and it's the same in the post office. She hasn't time to get on to all the rest of the banks, but we assume once one bank has introduced it, they've all in- introduced it. Is this to do with money laundering? Is that the, is that what they're going to say is the reason behind it? I, I think, well, I don't really know, but I'm assuming myself that it is probably because of money laundering. But I mean, if people had their, their passports and everything with them, you know, yeah. really and truly for changing a couple of hundred dollars, you know, really. It's, and that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's all it is. That's what it is, exactly. And it's the same with sterling, you know. It's, it's not just the dollars, it's with all the, it's all foreign exchange. Okay, we'll try and get on to the central bank. We'll get we, we there's no point to ring the central bank as we'll be on all day. But we'll try and get an email off uh, to them just to find out when was this brought in and the reasoning behind it. But well done uh, for highlighting it. Are tourists already starting to appear in beautiful oh, West yes. Cork? Yeah, West yeah. Cork is very busy, and of course we have a lovely sunny morning here in Bantry this morning with the with the Friday market. And Great. Uh, no, we, you know we have quite a lot of visitors and. You know, a big number of visitors from the states. So, I mean, I think it's an issue like that. Yeah. You know, it's not being highlighted, and you know, it stops people spending money. Really. And and you know, let's be honest, we need them to spend. Like exactly. we we love to welcome them, but please come with your dollars and your and your and your pounds sterling and spend away, spend away. Well, it's, it's, it's only you know, like the people off the cruise line, or some of them really only wanted to buy a souvenir, or yeah, they just wanted yeah. to maybe come and buy a cup of coffee. But you know, it's our revenue. Yeah, so it is, it is. Okay, Eileen, listen, thank you for that, and right, uh, thanks uh, for highlighting at eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Just to make people aware of that, if you're particularly if you're having maybe family coming home to visit you in the summer, that they may have problems exchanging their foreign. Uh, currency in the banks, post offices are in the uh, post office. Okay, Mallow Home and Garden Festival. We have the, today is the last day of our competition where we've teamed up with the Mallow Home and Garden Show and the superstores in Mallow to give away a Hampton three-seater corner lounging set. It comes with a sofa, an ottoman and a coffee table. Guess the guest on the sofa. The simple metric for that is to try to get 10,000 steps per day. Okay. Might sound like very little, but you'd be surprised when you actually start looking at it and measuring it. Don't need you to enter yet. Just playing it out as a tease to you. That was somebody who was a guest on this programme, funnily enough, in Bantry last September when we were there as part of the West Cork Food uh, Festival. So hold the thought and in the next hour, we'll tell you how you can enter. You could become the final qualifier and then before the close of the programme, somebody is going to win a Hampton three-seater corner lounging set. Compliments of the Co-op Superstores Mallow and the Mallow Home and Garden Show, which is Munster's big outdoor festival and it's on in the Cork Racecourse in Mallow. It opens today and I'm told our own John Paul uh, is on the line. Uh, good morning to you, John Paul. Good morning, Patricia, and good morning from the Mallow Home and Garden Festival here at the Cork Racecourse in Mallow. Uh, there's a big crowd here already. It just opened uh, a few minutes ago and as I was parking up our C103 Jeep, there was crowds at around 10.30 outside the racecourse. So I'm sure that will to give you a flavour of the busy day that's ahead here. And there's so much to see here, Patricia. And by the way, when I was coming in, a lot of our regular and loyal listeners uh, were questioning me as I was coming in and asking for you, Patricia. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, busy, I busy started today. Uh, here I am at the moment, by the way, at the Cork Race Course for the Mallow Home and Garden Festival. I am in the permanent garden section. So I'm here at the moment 
uh, with the uh, and there's a big um, a big display here of all sorts. But it's just to see the actual permanent gardens uh, and the way they are laid out and maintained over the year, and they look fantastic. Now, obviously, they have different um, outdoor furniture planted in around the area as well. Uh, but just the maintenance of those gardens and how they are maintained over the year is fabulous. So if you are coming here, make sure you check out the actual permanent gardens here at the Cork Race Course. Also, today, Patricia, there's so much on. Peter Dodo was in with us yesterday and he was telling us about the talks he's doing. He is giving a talk uh, this afternoon at 2 o'clock. There's a room in the main building uh, where you would be sitting down if you're looking at the races where the TVs are uh, and you're looking out for the actual race course. It's that particular building. It's well signposted with a yellow signpost. It says free seminar. And if you go in there, you'll find our own Peter Zodal. He's there from 2 o'clock this afternoon. There's flower arrangements there from 3 o'clock. And there's so much an offer. I was a few minutes ago uh, looking at the Duhalla Vintage Club. They have vintage car displays. Um, there's a number of outdoor furniture displays. There's a TED Expo as well. I haven't seen that yet, and I must get to the artisan food market uh, because I've, I've had a brief look at it earlier on, but I must get down there and uh, check out the food there. So there's so much on offer here. If you're coming along, uh, it is busy. There is queues. People are making their way in now. And if you're on the roads, just be aware. People are slowing down outside the main uh, Cork Race Course entrance to have a look, and people are trying to find parking. So if you're on at the main Mallow to Clarny Road, just be aware of that as well. But so much Patricia to see here today. Uh, you would easily spend a day here. It opens from 11 to 6, and we'll be with you right across the afternoon with C103 live from the Mallow Home and Garden Festival. Okay, and we'll catch up with you again in the next hour. Go and get yourself, yep. so, go and get yourself something to eat. I knew yeah, you would. I knew you yeah. would. Okay, talk Straight to you later, down. John Paul. Okay, <laughs> thanks. thanks for that. Bye bye. <laughs> John Paul. And to do with food, and our John Paul is there. Okay, he's live from the Mallow Home and Garden Festival. We'll talk to him again in the next hour. Actually, when we're talking of. Um, Accident. Somebody was on to say there was an accident on the Skibbereen to Skull Road in the last hour and the advice was to avoid if possible. Be careful, please. Be careful out on the uh, roads. Uh, we were just talking about the problems with the banking with Eileen in Bantry highlighting for tourists how difficult it can be if they come with their dollars or their sterling and now they're not going to be, from this summer, not going to be able to just walk into the bank and say can you please exchange the currency for me which seems crazy as I say we'll send an email off to the central bank to find out exactly what is the reasoning I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be something to do with money laundering and of course they're, they're trying to, to target the people who are laundering money but the downside is that the ordinary members of the public and our tourists were all the ones who are going to get affected by it. Eilish and Skibbereen is highlighting a different issue to do with tourists though. She said she came across an American couple. They were looking for a petrol station last night. It was after 11pm. They were staying in Cork City and they'd run out of petrol and they couldn't get back to Cork from Skibbereen. Eilish ended up directing them to the West Cork Hotel where they had to stay for the night. She says it's impossible to get petrol late at night in West uh, Cork. I don't know. There is, isn't, is there a 24-hour station but that's in Bandon. There obviously isn't a 24-hour station in uh, Skibbereen. There isn't a need. I know people say you won't. There isn't a need for 24-hour stations. What seems to be happening of late, and I know there's one due to open in Mallow, these 24-hour petrol stations where you pay with your credit card, they're going to become more and more popular. But the downside, the plus side to that is your American tourists who need to get petrol at midnight if you have one of those 24-hour self-service petrol stations petrol all the time for them. The downside is it's getting rid of people, isn't it? I was, you know, I bemoan everything being automated. 
we're doing away with people who are going to be run by robots uh, eventually. 1850 Some people um, giving advice, you know, to our listener who contacted us by email describing what can only be the neighbours from hell and the difficulties she's having. Their council tenants moved into the house be- beside her. She bought, she has bought and paid for her house herself and these are council tenants who really don't seem to care very antisocial behaviour having parties late late at night the, her own children have been kept awake uh, with it and it's just heartbreaking to hear a story that she's now in the situation where she feels she has to sell because she said nobody's listening to her nobody's doing anything she's reported them to the council she's called the Gardaí but nothing ever seems to happen Sean says Patricia on that lady and her neighbours from hell well myself and my wife we had a similar problem the neighbours had a young boy they were banging doors constantly there was shouting going on during the night and then endless playing of football off the side of the house so you know you get that thump 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 somebody kicking the ball all the time we were due to retire in a few years and to be putting up with that we decided no way Jose so what did we do we sold up and we got out what I would say to that lady is get out now says uh, Sean that is the way to uh, go and yet someone else says TC says the lady shouldn't have to sell her house the unruly next door neighbours should be evicted yeah, but therein lies the problem. She, How do you get the unruly neighbours evicted? Or not even evicted. How do you get the unruly neighbours just to cop on and realise that there's somebody in the house next door to you. Everything that's going on in your house can be heard next door because you're too loud. You can't be having parties late at night, particularly on a work night when the people next door need to sleep so they can get up, up for work. See, the problem is she's in, in a working house and her children are going to school she's and I'm, I'm assuming I don't there's a husband or partner they're working as well the people in the unruly neighbours nobody's working they don't seem to care whether the kids are getting up late or not for school because the children seem to be allowed up till all hours of the day or night and it just seems to be an unruly household but the unruly household is having an effect on the house next door and I just want to quickly mention a WhatsApp that came in because I want to see are others having the same problem that this gentleman is uh, having and it is somebody who we were just calling uh, John. I have uh, John's full name and we've actually been speaking to John in the West Cork uh, area. Um, I'd like to share my story with you in order to help other people just like myself and to find out if anybody else is in the same situation as me. I have a chronic respiratory illness called idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, IBF for short. I have to live on full-time oxygen. I have a machine upstairs at home that makes oxygen. And I also have bottle oxygen. I need that in, all, in, in order to be able to go out, to move outside the door. My oxygen ran out on the 13th of May. I still have not got my oxygen. I ended up getting on to Minister Jim Daly. And I got a phone back from the oxygen company giving out to me for going to the minister. Please don't ring the company as all I want to know is how many other people out there are waiting like me for this oxygen uh, thanking uh, you. So the 13th of May and we're up to the uh, 24th of May now which is uh, 11 days uh, later. So we want to find out 
Uh, anybody else waiting on oxygen? I, I was talking to Bernie when we were discussing John's case and both of us have come to the conclusion that we read somewhere that there was a problem with bottled oxygen. I don't know what the problem was but I vague recollection of reading something in the paper or seeing something online. Anyway, are other people having problems accessing bottled oxygen? And this is This oxygen is so vital to John that John can't get outside the door. We spoke to him this morning and he said he's missed hospital appointments, he's missed doctor's appointments since he ran out of the oxygen. He's he's got the oxygen at home, obviously, because he's got the machine upstairs that's making the oxygen, but in order to leave the house. And lo and behold, when we were talking to John, knock on the door, his oxygen has finally arrived, which he's thrilled about because he wants to vote. So he said, way off it, you know, and I'll go away and vote. So his problem has been sorted out. But to wait 11, to be 11 days without the oxygen, and this is an issue that hasn't arisen before, so we want to call it out. John sorted now, and fingers crossed this won't happen again. But are other people in the same situation? Have other people been waiting on oxygen? Does anybody know why there is a, a delay of that uh, length? Uh, and why... In, because we, because we were talking about isolating people and people not being able to get out of their houses because of not having wheelchair assistance. Here's somebody who can't move outside the the door because of the respiratory chronic respiratory illness he suffers with. He can't move outside the door unless he has that oxygen with him. It is vital to him. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Bernie's taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp oh eight six two. 103 103. The latest jobs on C103. Official media partner of the Irish Examiner Cork City Marathon, Sunday, June 2nd. Get working now to run the full half or relay. More details at c103.ie. Part time rigid truck driver urgently required that job comes, comes with an immediate start. Plumbers are required for the Cork area. Own tools and transport with up to date certs are required. Mallow Community Childcare, they have vacancies for the toddler for a toddler room leader and a childcare assistant for maternity cover in their baby room. And two forklift drivers are wanted to work with a landscaping company. They need to have safe pass and manual handling certs. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. And a number of people, by the way, have been on to point out to Eilish and Skibreen, who contacted us about the American couple who were looking for petrol last night after 11. They were staying in Cork. They were out of petrol. She said there was nowhere to get petrol after 11 and she ended up having to direct them uh, to the West Cork Hotel. Well, a number of people have been on to say to Eilish and to others. There is a 24-hour petrol station in Cora, which is just a few miles outside of Skibreen. It's a Tria oil company and it's one of the card services that I I spoke about. It's a fantastic service in the area, says one WhatsApper. Someone else says there's a 24-hour service station at Hegarty's, that's in Skibbereen. And uh, somebody else pointing out about the 24-hour credit card one in uh, Cora. And then another listener says, Patricia, people are spoiled with late night services, etc. In all honesty, what were the tourists doing all day? For the love of God, wakey, wakey. They should have noticed that they were running out of petrol and they should have got it uh, earlier. Thank you for your calls and your text to 0862 103 103. Now, I want to stay on banking issues. Having just spoken to Eileen in Bantry 
Development and Tourism Office about the problem that tourists to the area are now having trying to exchange foreign currencies. None of the banks, post offices, credit union, unless you have a bank account. And if you are an American tourist or you're a tourist coming off one of the cruise ships, it is unlikely when you come to Beautiful Bantry or anywhere else in this country that you're going to have a bank account when you want to go in and exchange a few dollars or your pound sterling or whatever it is. Jerry contacted us about an issue he had uh, trying to lodge a cheque into his own bank account this time. Uh, good morning to you, Jerry. Morning, Patricia. Now, Jerry, yours, yours, you were trying to lodge. It's a, it's a dollar, an American yeah. dollar check. Tell, outline what what's been going it's on. A US dollar check um, to put into my account, and um, the bank informed me that there would be a charge to try, um, to clear this check, and the charge would have been between seventy and a hundred euro. And how much was the check for? Two hundred dollars, which would be maybe one fifty, one seventy euro. So we would have lost between up to a hundred euro on the cheque. Did they say no no the cheque was made out to you, it was in your name? Yes. And you just wanted to lodge it into your, yes. your own account? And leave it clear in due course, which I believe it could take up to a month to clear, which is no problem. Okay, so you weren't handing the money in and looking for the money straight no. straight out, you were no. leaving. Did they explain why the charge was so high? No. To be fair, I got on to a lovely person there in in the bank and she explained it in detail that they have no clearance bank in the US anymore and they now have to send it out to an outside company and that company will charge between 70 and 100 euro for each cheque cleared. Did you lodge the cheque? No. Um, The credit union will um, take the cheque and clear it and there's no charge. And that was even suggested, to be fair, by the bank as well, to be fair to them. And they could understand where I was coming from as well. Like, to lose that much money on a cheque, it wouldn't be worth lodging it. So how can the credit union do it? And the they bank... obviously have a clearance system, but the bank in question uh, does not have any clearance bank in the US. And that's why they have to send it to an external company to actually clear it. The credit union will clear it, no problem, in due course. And again two, three weeks, whatever it takes, the normal run. So it's just, it was very surprising that um, that you can you ha- put in a cheque and all of a sudden you're caught with no, uh, that charge. No, to be fair, they did explain before putting it in, so my son didn't bother putting it in. Thank God they did. Because if yeah. you, you would have got a bit of a fright if you'd put it in and then all of a sudden you're getting all of these yeah. charges to discover half it's gone back to the bank. The one thing that the bank did say, all right, they do accept sterling checks, but they don't accept any other checks whatsoever. And US dollars, they're trying to phase them out, really, is what they were kind of coming at. God, they're making it harder and harder, aren't they? For us they are, to be fair. No, like I said, to be fair to the person in the bank I spoke to, she was lovely, and she explained that this is her, their policy, and that's it. And I would presume, and I'm only going on this, that maybe AIB and... Um, might have a diff- might have a clearance bank or Bank of Ireland may have a clearance bank in the US. Yeah, this is it was perm- permanent TSB is yes, is, is, is uh, who you're with. Yeah, and uh, when I did a bit of research yesterday, it's been th- for 
for the last two years at least from what I could see looking at some of the boards.ie and discussions that people yeah. were having it seems to me for the last two years that they've stopped having this in-house clearing system and that they have to go outside uh, to and the companies particularly companies in America have this agent charge and yeah. that's, that is very high and, and that's what's making it so expensive but I mean you've got that story added into what Eileen was talking to us about people going in and, and you're thinking straight away of tourists coming to spend their money and if they haven't changed their dollars they can now not go into a bank and change the dollars for euros. It is becoming harder and more difficult and like I know we have cruise ships in Bantry quite a lot and like people don't carry that much cash anymore because like even with contactless payments now um, it's becoming more difficult and and the banks are certainly not making it easier for people. They're trying to make they're trying to make it a cashless society. I mean, you can you can see slowly but surely they want all of our transactions to be yeah. electronic. They don't want any of us to be carrying around cash. They want us all to be using cards. We're moving slowly, slowly, slowly towards that. And by putting all these rules and regulations and charges in place, that's what we're heading towards. It is, and like that will affect maybe, I don't know what way it would affect us now if we were in America, if we were in any other country that didn't have the euro, uh, whether we'd be caught with the same um, charges. I don't think we would, but I get my money just mm. at that stage. And actually, Simon on uh, Simon Murdoch on The Breakfast Show heard my discussion with Eileen in the last hour with um, our earlier on this hour with Eileen having to fair juice for her went over to the bank took the dollars from a tourist put them into her own bank and got the euros gave the euros to the man which was a very kind thing uh, for her to do he discovered only recently that upstairs in Debenhams in the city there's a a travel money shop and it's a bureau de change because there's no bureau de change in any of the banks anymore and he had some currency that he needed to change and it was the only place that it could be changed but that's just one place in the city. That's of no use to people who are in, who are, you know, visitors to West Cork that need to change their money. I, I, Patricia, I see a very good one last night on Facebook, somebody looking for sterling. They're coming to Ireland, for, obviously from UK, and they want to know, did anyone have sterling that they were willing to trade and like, obviously, transfer but there'd be no charges, didn't you see? Yeah, yeah. So, they were on Facebook um, obviously we all know each other through Facebook so I just spotted that last night now so people are getting inventive <laughs> and they're trying to bypass the bank completely they are because like <laughs> if you were in the UK for a few days and you had a few uh, pounds sterling left over yeah, yeah, and we'll say there was a friend or a family member coming over well if you got your euros and there was no charge or nothing but it was very inventive now it was a young person literally I saw it but like they're getting inventive to say a few bob and the way it's fluctuating at the moment you wouldn't know what way with it Theresa May's announcement what way it's it's um, uh, going to go John is uh, by text says when I go to England I just take money out of the bank uh, link yeah some people do that John but yeah. in some cases people bring you know the Americans might bring a chunk of dollars with them and they prefer to deal some people still prefer to deal with cash because you know you can't overspend you know exactly how much you have with you when you're on a holiday and when it's gone it's gone but when you get actually when you transfer if you were going to America and you transfer money into dollars the the currency here tends to be $50 bills Mm. and that's our even £50 sterling as well in the UK and that's impossible to to move in England. They don't really want £50 notes and they don't want $50 bills in America either. 
They like the smaller ones. They like the smaller ones because obviously there's forgeries and different things. Yeah. But it's virtually impossible for fifty pounds sterling to get rid of it. They're very slow. Okay, so your call, your tale, I, I suppose, the lesson to be learned from w- with you, uh, Jerry. If you have somebody in the states who's sending you money, giving you money, paying you for something, an electronic transfer is is the way you'll avoid the charges. It probably is. Yeah. But you see, some people still, you know, older people wouldn't be yeah, the into check, transfers. Yeah, yeah, the check is still there. All yeah. right, uh, Jerry. Thank you, Patricia. And Take thank care. you for highlighting it. Thank Thanks a million. And it's a, it's a good word of warning. And that was with permanent TSBs. So we don't know how the other banks uh, are dealing with it. And certainly well done to the credit union. Uh, Jerry got around it by lodging it into his credit union account. Someone has just sent in a text from Clonic Kilty from the pharmacy in Clonic Kilty said, would it be possible for you to mention that the Marie Keating Foundation free information van is parked outside the Clonakilty Pharmacy on Main Street in Clon today. If anyone would like to pop in there, they're a great bunch at the Marie Keating uh, Foundation, that free information van. If you've got any worries, any concerns, uh, you can just uh, pop in. 1850-333-103, lines open. The C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non-profit organisations all over Cork. So if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103. The Cork Diary. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 A floorball fundraiser is going to be held at the Mallow Youth Centre on the June Bank Holiday weekend in aid of two very worthy charities, Munster Special Olympics and the Cleaner Ring Foundation. Joining me with details of the event is Pat Whelan of Munster Labels who are organising this event. Uh, good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, Patricia. And I suppose the obvious question, and I know people are going, floorball? What's floorball? So tell us what is floorball? Like us first day when we um, heard about this uh, event we had to google what floorball was. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically I suppose the easiest way to describe it is indoor hockey. Okay. Um, It's it is an internationally recognised sport that is very very big in the continent. Um, We set out for this fundraiser with an idea and Geraldine Buckley who works with us is very heavily involved in uh, Munster Special Olympics. She said, if we do a floorball tournament, and I said, why? And she said, it's uh, an incoming event to the Special Olympics. Oh, is it? Okay. So it's actually brand new to Special Olympics Ireland. Okay. Um, They want to spearhead this fundraiser as an introduction to the general public and to start tournaments from next year onwards. So really, we are guinea pigs in this in this thing as well. Okay, explain how many are on the team and general rules uh, rules around and how the game operates. It's um it does it's a small rink, um there's five per team. You can have four, five, or six per team. It depends on the size of the rink and the size of the, the tournament involved. Okay, there a goal, one in goal and the others then out. The and goalkeeper yeah. is standard. The goalkeeper stays places. Actually, the goalkeeper actually stays underneath. Okay, it's a, it's so a it's a small, small goal. It's a, it's a small goal. Okay. Now the rest of it we'll find out in two weeks time exactly <laughs> And it's a plastic ball isn't it? Is it is a plastic ball A ball with holes in it Exactly like It's okay. a very um, it's not your typical hockey puck And the uh, hockey sticks are not your typical hockey sticks no. They they look more like ice hockey sticks They're like ice hockey sticks Yeah and such. No, The physicality of the game is the same as hockey 
It is oh, a very okay. It is a very physical game. So the shins and everything will be. Unfortunately for us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you um, are you still looking for teams to enter, or have you all the teams in at this stage? We have we have all our teams in at this stage. Okay. I suppose, but so it'll be a knockout competition on the day, is it? It's a knockout. It'll be. How would you put it? It'll be um, an exhibition. More all so. right. Okay. Something that we didn't envisage from the start. Okay. Is we were looking for companies to to take part in it. We have maybe four or five companies, six maybe. And luckily for us, we will actually have some of the Special Olympic game teams coming down to us. Lovely. So it actually has worked out in our favour as well. Okay, so it's more to an introduction to it. Correct. And God knows what where it'll go from there. Because there are no floorball groups around then, are there? Or There's clubs? Not, no. 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 Who knows? You may, this, may be the, this may be the first of it. It could be. So on the actual day itself, it's Saturday week, isn't it? The it f- is the June Bank holiday Saturday. Okay, yeah. we've got the count in the Mallow Youth Centre this Saturday and the next Saturday it's the, the floorball. It is, it's all going. <laughs> okay, um, there, there, there could be a comparison there, but we won't, we won't get into no, it. We won't okay, <laughs> so you want people to come up, to turn up on the day? We do. Um, the two... The reason once the labels got involved in it is that we, we were always a charitable co- um, company. Back through history, we were very heavily involved in the Chernobyl Children's Project. Because of Eddie? Because Eddie of Eddie Gable, Gable um, yeah. and the connection there. It's just in the last year or two, we were always giving, giving to charities. And we've never actually done something by ourselves. Yeah. So this is really our inaugural fundraising event. So we chose two, two charities. We chose Munster Special Olympics. For the sole reason, Geraldine Buckley now works with us. And if anybody knows Geraldine, she, you, you'll know that she's driven towards... A force to be reckoned with exactly, when it comes to Special exactly. Olympics. Yeah. And, the and cl- everybody knows somebody who knows somebody that's in exactly. Special Olympics. It's a wonderful, it's a, wonderful organisation. It is a very, very wonderful And the Cleaner Ring Foundation. Now, this one, I, I was aware of this, but um, not everyone is going to be aware of no. what the Cleaner Ring Foundation no, is. No, it's... Um, luckily, well, luckily and unluckily enough... We know Brendan Ring from Q Printing. Now, Brendan and Terry Ring, unfortunately, lost their daughter, uh, Cleona, over 16 years ago. What they witnessed, their daughter eventually died in Dublin. and She was in an operable brain, brain tumour. She was just 16, yeah. Yeah, now, Brendan and Terry themselves self-admittedly stated that the financial burden to them was minimal. Mm. But when they were travelling to Dublin... On a continuous basis, they witnessed families that were actually leaving their kids on their own because they had to travel home yeah. to work and they had to pay their mortgages, they had to pay their bills and stuff like that. And it really shocked Brendan and Terry to, to, to see what what was happening to families in general. It was bad enough that their children's, their kids were sick and Tom and Leal. Without having financial difficulties. And they, they really, really found it um, terrible. Now, from that, they set up a foundation in memory of their daughter, Cleona, so uh, the charity in, in question, just to sum it up, I suppose, if parents, and, and this is to your own listeners, to bear this in mind, if if they're unfortunate enough to be in that situation, and it really is unfortunate, that there is charities out there that they can contact if they're coming into financial pressure that will support them. Yeah, and it's the type of charity that you and foundation that you don't hear a lot about no, because no. Of, you know it's very unique what they do in that they provide financial assistance to families with children who have life limiting conditions. So it's not something you're going to hear a lot no, about, no. and they rely completely oh, on completely. donations it, and fundraising. Look, 
Patricia, we, no matter what way you look at it in this country, it's it's to me it is a sad state of affairs that these foundations and charities have to be set up. But that's that's it's, the reality. It's the, fact of life. it's the reality. Okay, so people can donate. Is it on the day passed by? No, what what we'd like to if we'd encourage people really, we have a full day set up. There is a a disco all day long. There's it's a fun what we hope will be a fun atmosphere for people just to turn up on the day, come in and have a look. Um, we've Sean Oga Helpin who's generously provided his time to turn up on the day. Good on So Sean is great. We just like people just to show up and and to lend our support and look witness the game and witness what Special Olympics as well is all about. It is why <laughs> to say they're special is one thing. Mm. They are they are brilliant, brilliant athletes and these people go to the Olympic Games all over the world. And it just really it's 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 a credit to the people involved and, and they, they they do us and their families proud. They do everyone proud, yeah. Okay, so it's the youth centre in Mado on the Saturday of the June Bank holiday, ten AM to five PM. To 5 PM. It's, a, it's look, an all day event. And as I said, look, if people could just pop in yeah. or get onto Monster Labels themselves if you can't make it and you want to donate towards it, get onto Monster Labels. If there's businesses that are listening this morning that still want to sponsor a team, we're still open to that. Okay. Give us a shout. Um and look, we'll be happy to see you on the day as well. And we look forward to more floorball exactly. in Mallow we'll, and we'll in North Carolina. We'll know every Sunday afterwards um, what floorball is all about. All right, <laughs> thanks for that, Pat, and thanks for joining us. That's no, Pat Whelan from Munster Labels. But today is the day that we give away our wonderful prize in association with the Mallow Home and Garden Show and the Co-op Superstores in Mallow. Mallow Home and Garden Show is Munster's biggest outdoor festival and we have a Hampton three-seater corner lounging set to give away. You've got to guess the guest on the sofa. This was somebody who appeared on our programme last year. Well, there was actually two of them. They're twins. A simple metric for that is to try to get 10,000 steps per day. Okay. Might sound like very little, but you'd be surprised when you actually start looking at it and measuring it. Okay, either are of the two will do. Uh, who, what, if you can identify them, we'll take it by text, please, to 0862 103 103. We'll leave the text message uh, open for about 10 minutes and then we will get today's qualifier. We'll add it to the other four names that we've had this week. We'll make a draw and somebody will win that three-seater sofa, an ottoman and a coffee table, all weather resistant. Compliments of the Mallow Home and Garden Show and the co-op superstores in Mallow. Who is this? A simple metric for that is to try to get 10,000 steps per day. Okay. Might sound like very little, but you'd be surprised when you actually start looking at it and measuring it. As I say, either of the brothers, their twins, will uh, we will uh, accept by text only, though, uh, 0862-103-103. Talking of the Mallow Home and Garden show, it's now officially open at the Cork Race Course in Mallow, and our own John Paul is there. Uh, good afternoon to you, John Paul. Good afternoon, Patricia. Well, did you get some food? We did, we did. Um, we went into the actual food expo here. There is a, a lot of stands within the main building and also lo- located right next to the actual race course. And a very nice man at the muffin stall, the muffin man he's called. He gave us lovely muffins, so we we had those. They were quite nice. And also a lot of the actual stalls that I hear, Patricia, we would have met them over the years at the outside broadcast we do, whether that's with the, 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 the ones in the city on Grand Parade or the case of West Cork or the uh, Racing Home Freezer Festival. So it's good to see all of those uh, there as well. And so much uh, food exhibitions from local sources here in Cork, but also across Munster. And the Muffin Man I mentioned there, he's travelled from Cavan today to be here at the Cork Race Course, yeah, for the Mallow Home and Gardens Festival. And another um, gang I met there called Cubes, and they're producing healthy, like snacks, protein snacks, and they're made out of seeds. 
Um, and it's, it's all protein, it's all natural, no sugars or anything like that, and that they taste fabulous. They gave me a chocolate one, but again, all natural, nothing sugary in it at all. Uh, they're from Carrigaline, so we met them a while ago as well earlier. So the food has been tasted, and it is good, so check that out here if you're coming to the Mallow Home and Garden Festival. Also, this afternoon, there is a lot of talks going on, and there's a lot of free seminars, which are very popular. A lot of people uh, go into these, and the one that's on at the moment is Corey Corkin. He's a well-known celebrity gardener on uh, Virgin Media Television in the morning, so a lot of people might be familiar with him. He, he is here across the weekend as well. And, of course, our own Peter Dodal, who was loved here at the festival. He arrived a few minutes ago. A lot of our regular listeners up uh, welcoming Peter and asking questions as he made his way into the actual <laughs> Mallow Home and Garden Festival. Uh, and it doesn't help when I'm wearing a Stephen Luttrell t-shirt on catching everybody, <laughs> catching everybody else. Uh, but uh, he, Peter, will be here at 2 o'clock. So if people want to go and meet Peter and uh, listen to his talk this afternoon, he'll be talking about gardening pleasures this afternoon. So if you want to go along to that, he is at 2 o'clock and that is in the seminar room, which, of course, it's signposted right across uh, the Mallow Home and Garden Festival, so you, you can't miss it. There's also uh, another free talk, and it's how to make the most of your home. And Nina Cathy is going to be there from 1 o'clock, and there's flower arrangements and a lot more. And outside of those, then, there's some really fabulous displays there, Patricia, vintage car displays from Duhallow Vintage Club, uh, some vehicles that from the 60s, 70s and 80s in great condition. Uh, they're here today. Also, what we have here is the, and I mentioned them earlier, and I'm back here in the permanent gardens because it's, it's nice and quiet to do a, a live broadcast from here. And um, they're just, people are blown away by those. Yeah. Especially people who haven't been here before in their first time to see how well maintained they are. And when they add in the actual outdoor furniture, to these permanent gardens, they actually do look stunning. Well, they change every year as well. I every mean, I've, year. Been, yeah. I've been I've been going to the garden festival for the last twenty years when they first started, and every single year they change. And actually, you can tell Peter Dowdell if you, if you see him, it it was nineteen ninety nine, not nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell him that. I'd like to point yeah, that yeah. out. Uh, I, I'll tell him that, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I tell him that. But uh, the gardens, yeah, every year they transform and people are amazed at that. Also, um, Peter has been here with me a while ago showing me the various flowers. You know the various flowers we get calls on? A lot of them have Latin words and they have mm. eight-letter words and we're always wondering how they uh, how, how to pronounce them. Uh, Peter has been going through those and be earlier on. So there's a great play of flowers here as well. If you're looking to get flowers or get advice on flowers for your garden, there's a fabulous display of Load of a lot of various flowers, some very exotic altogether. So you'll, you'll find those, and Peter and Porrick will tell you exactly uh, how to look after those in your garden. I mentioned the vintage car displays, which a lot of people are interested in. The Pet Expo is going ahead as well. The artisan food market is fabulous, uh, definitely worth checking that out. And um, there's a drone display, which is interesting, and that's on this afternoon. And tomorrow, I know a lot of people uh, love their dog shows. Well, there's a fun dog show here tomorrow from 2.30 and people are constantly asking us how they can reduce their energy bills there's a number of companies here as well giving you advice on how you can save your energy and how you can heat your home at a lower cost so you'll find those scattered across the venue here as well so Patricia there is so much an offer here the sun is shining uh, it is a bit drizzly at times but it's not hindering people from coming in uh, it is nice and warm so if you are in the area come along to the Mallow Home and Garden Festival there is so much to see here I've been here for the last two hours or more and still I'm finding new locations within the actual race course here. Okay, and Bernie, who's sitting in your seat, said, could you bring her back a pot plant, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask Peter to choose 
Choose one for Arnie. Yeah, all right. Good at that. Okay, yeah, listen. I'll bring it back. We'll see you in a few hours. Enjoy the rest of your time at the oh, okay. at the at the Mallow Home and Garden Show. Uh, and thanks, thanks for that, John Paul. Bye bye. That is our own John Paul. Just another couple of minutes left on this. A simple metric for that is to try to get ten thousand steps per day. Okay. Might sound like very little, but you'd be surprised when you actually start looking at it and measuring it. They're twins. Okay. Uh, who are they? They joined us last year when we had an outside broadcast in Skibreen. It isn't Gary and Paul uh, O'Donovan, by the way. We featured them earlier on in the week, so it's not them. OK, let me do a quick catch up on some of your comments uh, coming into the programme. Ted in Boswell, this is on when we were talking about antisocial behaviour. This is the kind of the flip of antisocial behaviour. Ted says uh, he has a council house. He worked all his life. He had very low pay, but uh, he said he finds that his neighbours look down on him. Because he's only a council tenant. Isn't that, that's, oh, I'm saddened, really saddened to hear that, uh, Ted. But there's not so queer as folk. Hold your head up high. You've worked hard all your life. Even if you were only on uh, a low wage, you have nothing to be ashamed of because you're a council uh, tenant. Many wonderful people uh, live and have lived down through the years in, in, in council properties. OK, somebody else wanted to offer advice to... The lady who originally contacted us about the neighbours from hell. Michael says, Patricia, uh, tell that lady to go to the Garda Shea Corner, which she has already done, but she needs to make a written statement, not a verbal statement, a written statement to the Garda. They will have to act on a written statement. It is much more powerful than just giving a, giving a verbal statement complaint. So I don't know if she's done that, but it's a, a good piece of advice. Thank you for that, uh, Michael. Uh, Anthony Pickford in Limerick wants to wish everybody good luck with the Fastnet Film Festival. He said, I loved living there in 2012. Cork has my heart. Thank you for that, uh, Anthony. And in relation to John, who had the problem with his oxygen, but thankfully today, just as we started to mention it, the company came and delivered his bottles of gas, but he wanted us to highlight it to see our other people having a similar problem. He said, my mom is on oxygen, or this is another texter, Mary. Thank you, Mary, to see your name on the on the WhatsApp. My mom is on uh, oxygen and sometimes there can be a long wait on the delivery. The driver told me once it's got to do with that they don't have enough cylinders. There seems to be a shortage of cylinders isn't that hard to believe? But who knows? Love your programme. Thank you uh, for that. That is from uh, Mary. And there was a few others in saying that John isn't on his own. Sheila in Mallow says, defo, a delay with the bottle gas. She says, if you have empty bottles, you can take them to the BOC, the Bock depot, is it called Bock BOC depot in Little Island and they will fill them for you. Uh, and that's okay if you've got somebody who can do that for you but poor old John was in the situation that he couldn't move outside of the house because he was out of the portable oxygen. It arrived thankfully this morning and he's gone off to a vote but he told us he's missed doctor's appointments and he has missed hospital appointments uh, because of it and that's you know I don't know what the problem is but it's a problem that's got to get sorted because that really is limiting people and may, and um, to a point that you might be able to move outside of your bedroom wherever the oxygen in your house is that simply is not uh, good enough. And John Monabi was on to say yesterday he parked his car in the small car park near the co-op superstores in Mallow. He unfortunately didn't see the pay and display sign when he came back. His car had been clamped. He ended up being charged €125 to get his car unclamped. He says it's daylight robbery 
They need to have better signage. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Bingo is on every Friday night, including tonight in Kildallery Parish Hall. Half past eight, all are welcome. Valley Rovers Adult Club are holding a fundraising table quiz in the Brinney Inn tonight at nine. A great night guaranteed with food served and a raffle during the interval. Teams of four for €40. Euro. There will be a bus going to knock on the June Bank holiday weekend, the 1st of June, for the All-Ireland Rosary Rally. The bus will leave the Church of the Resurrection 7.15 in the morning in St Mary's Church at half past seven. To book a place, you can call Marjorie at 87 282-3631 And West Cork Yarn Festival that will be held in Durris Village in Bantry tomorrow, Saturday and the St Mary's Church Classic and Vintage Car and Tractor Run will leave from Cox's Hall in Dunmanway at 12 noon next Sunday Registration opens at 11am Proceeds in aid of Marymount Hospice and St Mary's Church in Dunmanway You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. And you can stop texting us on our Mallow Home and Garden Show competition. This A one. simple metric for that is to try to get 10,000 steps per day. Okay. Might sound like very little, but you'd be surprised when you actually start looking at it and measuring it. That's uh, either Stephen or David Flynn. <laughs> We're actually unsure which one it was. It's uh, they're the happy pair. Remember they joined us when we had our outside broadcast at Fields uh, Supermarket in Bantry last September. We had some great fun with them and they, and they both sound the very same. So we don't know whether it was David or Stephen. So the fairest thing to do was we've accepted as answers either David Flynn, Stephen Flynn and we've even put into the hat uh, the happy pair. We said we'd go with that as well because they're more collectively known as the happy pair. So we put all of those entries if you if you said it was David, if you said it was uh, Stephen Flynn or if you said it was the happy pair. We put all those into the hat and our qualifier for today is Breatha Breatha Denise of Liskahan in Mill Street. Congratulations, Breathe the Deneen, Liskahan in Mill Street. So I now have five names in the hat and I'm just looking at all the names I'm putting in. They're all ladies. Catherine is in Glanthorne, Sheila's in Ballingiri, uh, Anne is in Coachford, Maria's in Blarney and I Breathe the is in Mill Street goes into the hat and I have to pick one out and here we go. Da-da-da! The overall winner of the beautiful... Hampton three-seater corner lounging set, three-seat sofa, ottoman table, and a coffee table. And it's going to Anne Casey in Coachford. Congratulations, Anne Casey in Coachford. We'll be in contact with you uh, for, about your prize. And uh, thanks to everybody. The Mallow Home and Garden Show running right across this weekend and the gang of the co-op superstores in Mallow. We've had fun with that competition throughout the week. We've been asked to wish the very best of luck to Eddie Dunbar in Bantier. Huge congratulations from the Bantier Parish. The email says, we're so proud of uh, Eddie at the moment. He's only 22 and he's doing the parish proud. He's complete competing in the Tour of Italy cycle. He climbed 900 metres uh, yesterday and he was just pipped 
for first place coming in third and he's 28th overall. There's a name to watch out for in cycling in the future. Eddie Dunbar in Bantir. Congratulations to you. Let me take a look, a quick look at some of your texts that came in that we didn't get to earlier on when we were talking about checks clearing and how the credit union helped out one of our listeners when their bank was going to charge too much to lodge and clear an American cheque. John says, Patricia, I thought the bank had to still clear the cheque because I had to recently cancel a cheque and it had to go from the credit union to the bank to be cancelled before the money came back into my account. So I don't know how the credit union manages to clear it without going to the bank as well, says John. They seem to have some in-house clearing way that they can do it. It still took a month, Jerry said, for the cheque to clear, but they were able to do it without the costs that Parliament TSB have to use because they use an outside clearing company for the dollar checks in the States who charge a huge commission uh, for doing that service. Liam in Middleton, this is on the tourists and the issue of the banks now no longer having a bureau de change in the banks. So if you go in with currency that you want to convert into euros, they're not taking it anymore unless you have a bank account. Liam says two points in relation to tourists needing to exchange money. Firstly, who goes on holidays to a foreign country without having the correct currency, especially in Europe, when you can use the euro in numerous different countries? Also, nearly everybody has a credit or a debit card these days, especially when going on holidays, and you can use them in most ATM machines to withdraw money in the currency of your choice from that particular country. Thanking you, says uh, Liam from Middleton. I think when, and a similar point was raised earlier, I think the point that was being made was some older people when they go on holidays still like to deal in hard cash, still like to have a set amount of money with them that they bring with them and then they change it as they go around. But yes, you're right, the majority of people won't travel with cash and will travel with a debit or a credit card and will work from their cards. And that's the point I was making. You can see how the banks are trying to very slowly move us to a cashless society. It's safer for everyone, I suppose, in many ways, to be a cashless society. But there are still people who like the idea of actually having the physical cash in their hand. We've been talking about some speeding cars in the area and trying to highlight some of them. There's the blue one, the the blue, the light blue Ford Focus that's flying through Mill Street and somebody else was on about a small green car around the Clonakilty Lep area that drives with excessive speed. Well, someone else is on about another one to say, Patricia, on the subject of speeding, we've been passed at almighty speed by a truck driver with a double trailer full of timber. This was on the Inchigila Road out of McCroom between Hartsnitz Cross and the Grotto when he had passed the speed of which he was doing created so much dust it went everywhere. So there is an accident waiting to happen here. Some one of these evenings before the summer is over as the walkers, it's the walkers loop into the town. Will people please, please slow down? And Michael and Bantry is picking me up on something I said when we were talking about the guy I'm straight away assuming it's a guy so I'm being judgmental there it could be a girl the person driving the car in Mill Street we, I haven't been told if it's a male or a female driver or what age the driver is it's somebody who heads out to work early in the morning is back in the evening time speeding through the town of Mill Street before 7 o'clock in the morning and I made the point that that person might be assuming so there's nobody out on the roads so I'll be able to speed along you know, there'll be nobody there. I was saying, what if an animal, a cat or a dog ran out? You know, you'd, wouldn't you swerve to avoid? And Michael and Bantry is picking me up and says, Patricia, by law, I don't think you're supposed to swerve for a dog or a cat while driving. 
yeah, the, the law probably is there. But I think your instinct, your instinct is to swerve. If something comes out in front of you, because in that split second, you don't know, was that a cat or a dog or a child? So I, I certainly know my instinct would be to swerve. Probably by the letter of the law, you're not meant to do that. But I just think the in, your instinct will kick in and that's exactly what you will uh, do. Patricia, would you mention that there is a trad night at the GAA complex in Carragoon in Mallow tomorrow night, Saturday. It's at half nine and all are welcome to attend. And I know somebody else in the midst of all of the texts that came in for our competition. I'm sure there was a text in asking me to mention something. There was, but I can't see it now. I, I will endeavour to find it, but there's literally hundreds and hundreds of, of texts. So it's hard to uh, find them all now. And just back to the WhatsApps. This was a WhatsApp actually that came in earlier to say, I felt really ashamed of my elderly generation when I heard a young bus driver and a waitress both commenting this week on how rude and how ungrateful their older clients are. Both the bus driver and the waitress said they much prefer dealing with the younger generation because the younger generation are the ones who show respect and gratitude for the services that they are both providing. It seems ironic, does it not, says this texter, that the youngster youngsters we are supposed to be an example to are the ones that are putting us to shame. That the youngsters we are supposed to be an example to are the ones putting us to shame. Isn't that interesting? That's something probably coming a bit too late now for us to get stuck into that discussion today. I might make a note of that and bring that issue up next week. And I would be, I would love to hear from people who work in the services. I know it's hard when we're on air and people are at work, but we might be able to catch people when they're not at work. But working in a service industry, have others noticed that? That the younger generation are more respectful, better at giving gratitude than the older generation. And you will get some older people who I think feel that they have a divine right as they're getting on in years to say it as it is. And that if they don't want to be grateful for something, then they're not going to be grateful for it. And sometimes the older generation can come across as rude. But also, also the flip of that is you can have younger people that can come across as rude as well. But isn't it interesting to note that just in the one week, somebody hearing both a bus, a young bus driver and a waitress, both saying that it is the older generation who are the rudest and most ungrateful while they prefer to deal with and work with younger people because they always seem to be respectful and grateful for the service that they are providing. Interesting comment, I have to say. 1850-333-103. Bernie's taking your calls. If you want to contact us, you can text our WhatsApp 0862 103103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 103. And Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, joins us on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. You went to the movies to see, is it just called John Wick Chapter 3? It's called John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, which is Parabellum. La- yeah, which is Latin, Latin for, for prepare for war. Did you do Latin in school? No. No. Okay, and then on, D- on DVD, it's Bumblebee. That's not Latin for anything except it's Bumblebee. It's just Bumblebee, Okay, yeah. uh, we unfortunately don't have a trailer with us today, but John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. 
Yeah. Uh, have you seen any of the first two? No, and I don't think you will enjoy no, them. I no. really don't. I mean, they are extraordinarily violent. These I mean, are they're assassin really... movies, are they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, this. It's, what's interesting is that this film is set like an hour after the end of the previous film, which was then set maybe two days after that previous film. Oh, it's really continuing on. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Uh, over three days, he kills close to 300 people. So you've got to keep that in mind. Who and the is, thing is John Wick? John Wick is an assassin played by uh, Keanu. Reeves and uh, he uh, kind of lives within a world of assassins and they meet at this hotel but within this hotel those walls nothing can happen in there within there all the violence must happen outside and it's okay. consecrated ground and whilst you're in there you cannot attack or kill one of the other assassins that are also staying in this hotel which is what he does and so in this movie he becomes what's called excommunicado so a uh, 14 million dollar price is put on his head so basically he's on the run from what seems like the whole population of New York uh, are assassins. And um, and everybody wants to get him. And it is quite extraordinary. I mean, um, I couldn't find an actual uh, total count of kills in this film, but I did read that um, John Wick personally, just himself alone, kills 94 people in this film. Uh, in the first film, he killed 77. In the second film, he killed 128. So that's 299 people he has killed across uh, these three movies. And he does so in extraordinary ways, which are really, really quite clever at times. But it is extraordinarily violent. All these films really are. And so it's going from one killing to another killing to another, almost. Exactly, yeah. And like in the first two films, he got shot, he got stabbed, he got his head beaten in, and yet he's still, he's still going. Alive. Because, of course, these people seem to be uh, indestructible. I mean, it is really, really quite extraordinary, the amount of violence in these films. And when I first saw the first film, I was really, really unsure. I think if I remember when I did the review with you, I didn't particularly like it very much because I just thought, why am I watching this film? What, what is this film all about? It's just constant killing. In the first film, somebody kills his puppy, so he decides to just go absolutely crazy. In the second film, a bunch of uh, rotten Russian uh, gangsters steal his car. He decides to kill all of them, as we've heard, 128 of them. Now, um, in this film, at uh, one stage, he, he teams up with Halle Berry, and they too have this extraordinary sequence, which goes on for about 10 or 15 minutes, where they just basically kill everybody that they get their hands on. So she kills a great deal of people as well. So I don't know what the actual end uh, count of the film is, but I, I, would, I would really, really like to know. Uh, the film is very, very long. It's about two hours, and it's from straight from the start. Two when hours, he's on, 10 minutes, 130 minutes. Yeah, so straight from the start, line. he just goes straight into it, and the film doesn't let up in any way, shape, or form. Now, what's interesting is that uh, I remember watching uh, Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee all those years ago, back in the 70s with my yeah, dad, yeah, yeah. and there's a scene where <clears throat> he kind of beats up all these guys in this kind of room and my dad said yeah well you see if they're going to come at him one by one uh, then you know that's fine because you can get away with that and I noticed that in this film so the script writers tend to kind of weave the film around you know just to suit themselves so therefore he tends to be attacked one by one rather than a whole group of people and also uh, a lot of knives are used in the film and so if somebody sneaks up behind him you know that person has a knife they don't have a gun because of course they could shoot him yeah, yeah. and there's also an extraordinary scene where he's uh, horseback and he's attacked by a bunch of men on motorbikes and they don't have guns either because of course you could just shoot the horse and then you could shoot John Wick of course uh, they have swords and he gets one of the swords and then it kind of fights back. So you have all of these kind of extraordinary sequences and people do dry in a rich variety of ways. I mean, you know, he kills one guy, for example, with a book. Um, these films 
are hugely popular. People are talking about these films as if, you know, they are as good as, um, you know, other trilogies we've seen, like Toy Story and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, The Godfather. I don't think they particularly are, but you do have to respect the fact that, you know, uh, these are very, very clever action sequences where obviously they had to work and sit down and work these out and um, and, and prepare but for them. But gory and very violent, But this is I the interesting imagine. thing. It's actually not really gory, and which kind of works. I mean, people do. I mean, knives enter parts of the bodies which you would mm. rather not see but it's all it, a lot of it is done in shadow and and, oh, okay. and so that makes it kind of acceptable it's not really gruesome in that way it's gruesome in the fact that people are dying in extraordinary ways and it is very exciting at times I mean some of the action sequences are brilliantly directed and that's a credit to the director to the, the stunt people and to Keanu Reeves who is in his 50s and so is uh, Harry uh, Berry both of them look amazing and they mm. still could do the action sequences and so a lot will depend on you and whether or not first of all you've seen the two films if you haven't you won't know what's going on here and whether or not you accept this kind of violence. It's very much kind of a tribute to kind of a lot of those kind of Hong Kong based kind of action movies and it's very similar to those. And it what people call it, they call it this kind of ballet. Uh, in a sense that the violence is part of this kind of dance. Yeah, and, of, you and you know. know what you're getting when you go when you go to this. Exactly. The, I mean, you know, and movies, I didn't when yeah. I saw the first film, which is yeah, why okay. I was kind of slightly turned away from it. But um, I, when I went back to watch the first film again, I thought I was aware of what they were trying to do and what the characters do, and um, and so therefore I began to warm to it. Um, but three quarters of the way in film, uh, of the three quarters of the way into the film, I did begin to tire of just the constant killing. I mm. really, you know, and. I I wanted more. I wanted something a little bit different. It was almost like, please just calm down, stop for a second. But it, the killing just keeps yeah, on going. Give us a bit more of a storyline. Exactly, yeah. Keanu's great. I mean, I reviewed one of his films a couple of weeks ago and I said, look, you know, he's not a great actor, Keanu, but he is a star. And when he's on screen, he's extraordinary to look at. Halle Berry's great. Halle Berry, Berry's she's got, great. She's got these two dogs uh, in this film and uh, she, um, so apparently she worked with these dogs for six months before the filming. So therefore, you know, they were well trained by Halle. Mm. And they tend to, when they attack, they tend to attack a particular part of a man's anatomy. <laughs> and when I was watching it in the cinema, every time it happened, you could see all the men kind Whoa, of squirm. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst all the wronged females yeah. were thinking, how do yeah, I get my hands yeah. on one of these dogs? You know, but uh, look, yeah, there, there's very little humour, uh, but there's an awful lot of violence. So, but there's an awful lot of action. So, if you like a really, really good, well put together, well directed, well edited action movies, these are for you. But if you don't particularly like violence and watch people, what 128 people die, then it's not for you. Okay, and obviously, as you say, you need to have seen one and two. I think so. Yeah. It, will there be chapter four? Well, I suppose that's a bit of a giveaway, is it? If I tell you, yes, there will. Well, okay. <laughs> All right, okay. So that's uh, John Wick, Chapter Three. Mark it out of ten. I'll give it eight. Parabellum, yeah. eight out of ten. Yeah. Okay. All right. DVD is Bumblebee, and now please say this is a, this is um, the opposite end, is it, of the scale? For you? Oh, very much so. Yeah. I mean, although you know, um, the thing about it is that uh, it's kind of a, it's a movie that's based back in 1987, and uh, it's part of the Transformers series. Okay. And the thing is, is that the Transformers movie. Movies. They've made so many of them. When I first kind of watched them, I thought they were kind of interesting, and I, I really enjoyed the kind of um, the, the standard of the um, special effects and the way they mattered the um, the, the robots um, mm. with people. And I just thought that was extraordinary, and I was really really impressed by that. But as the movies went on, and even when Mark Wahlberg got involved, I thought, you know, will they get more interesting? Will they get more entertaining? But they actually didn't. In fact, they kind of got gradually worse. So uh, even the you know the standard of the, the the special effects weren't good enough to keep me uh, occupied. So what they basically have done, they've done here is they've gone back uh, to uh, these are prequels to the uh, the other movies, and they've okay. kind of pared the movies right down. Smaller budget, smaller storyline. 
Uh, Michael Bay isn't directing here, thankfully. It's somebody else. Uh, but the, what was interesting when I when the credits were coming out, I noticed that it's it's produced by Steven Spielberg. And I think Steven Spielberg's hand is is very much uh, all over this film because this film is about this young girl who meets this robot. And it's basically E.T. in another name. And <sighs> there, are, there are also lots of references as well to Steven Spielberg's uh, movies in this film. So as a movie buff, I really, really enjoy that. Yeah. And my first thought when I realised that it was kind of set back in 1987, I turned to the teenager and I said... Get ready for 1980s greatest hits. And all of a sudden, on came Tears for Fears. And you've uh, got Rick Astley. And you've got... I love that in a movie. And so the soundtrack is is really, really good. And yeah. there's lots of reference to, to you know, um, uh, for example, she has Walkman, uh, which she had to be... When Hayley Steinfeld, who's the actress in it, had to be taught how to use the, the Walkman, <laughs> which I kind of thought was kind of interesting. Goodness. And so there's lots of 80s references to John Hughes films, especially The Breakfast Club. And, uh, of course, me and the teenager were huge fans of The Breakfast Club. And uh, so that was really, really good fun. I'm going to read out exactly what the story is because I always okay. get really confused uh, by um, these Transformers films. Yeah, they okay. tend to be very kind of complicated. So I'm going to read this out. It says, okay. on Cybertron the Autobots led by Optimus Prime are on the verge of losing the great Cybertronian war to their enemies the Decepticons. <sighs> B-127, who's Bumblebee, uh, is sent to Earth to set up a base of operations where the Autobots can regroup. Uh, the problem is, is that when uh, Haley Steinsfeld turns on uh, Bumblebee. He sends a signal uh, to the Decepticons so they come to Earth to try and uh, and kill uh, Bumblebee. Um, Bumblebee, in the meantime, has lost his memory. So Bumblebee, even though he's this gigantic kind of war robot, has forgotten what he is and who he is. And so he is actually quite frightened of uh, the young girl when he first meets her. And then we start off this kind of lovely kind of relationship between the two of them. And that's where it's hugely different, I think, from the other films. This and is, all is it easy to follow? Exactly. And, yeah. it, you know, in this sense, it's, it's just about this relationship, this lovely kind of warm relationship between this young girl uh, and this robot. And it's kind of beautifully done. I think it's really odd, though, the way in which they humanize the robots. I always find that really, really odd and strange. Yeah. First of all, they've, they've come from another planet, yet they have kind of African-American accents and they've got Scottish accents. They've got Irish accents. And I always think that's kind of very strange. For example, when they fight, they fight you know, using kung fu moves. And I remember in some of the earlier films, which used to really annoy me, when one of the Autobots was kind of hit in the face, he would spit out oil, oh, which yeah. was meant to represent blood. And yeah, I always thought yeah, that yeah. was kind of stupid, but I never yeah. really got as well why they transform into trucks. But then I'd never watched the cartoons as a, as a young man. Um, so, yeah, so this film is really about the relationship between her and, uh, and, and this robot, which we've seen in kind of things like kind of E.T. Mm. We've seen in kind of, remember the film Short Circuit? Yeah, which is kind yeah, of very similar. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, if you get a robot with big eyes like Wally, you do warm to the robot. And that's kind of the best thing in this. And um, I, I really, we both really, really enjoyed it. And Good. the teenager pointed out the fact that uh, Bumblebee is very similar to what he was like in the cartoons rather oh, okay. than we've seen up to now in the other movies. And he, he, he has a kind of a warmer kind of, um, kind of, um, kind of personality than we've seen before, and it really, Which is really important because you need you need to warm to the character exactly, and you do, yeah. and you like them very very much. And she's great, of course. She was in True Grit, and she was fabulous as the young girl in True Grit, you know. And um, and she's great in the movie, and look, it's very very entertaining. Lots of eighties references, especially if you're an eighties kid, you'll enjoy that. And when it when the action sequences do happen in the past, you know, I used to get bored with watching two robots just slam into each other. Here, it's a little bit different. Here, at least you care this time about Bumblebee and whether or not Bumblebee kind of survives and uh, and I ended up uh, being entertained by it very much So Mark Bumblebee out of 10 I give that an 8 as well An 8 out of 10 Alright listen thanks for that Have a lovely weekend and we'll chat again next uh, Friday That's Mark Malone our movie reviewer
It's amazing how you can speak right to my heart. Without saying a word, you can light up the dark. Try as I may, I can never explain what I hear when you don't say a thing. The smile on your face lets me. Of your hand says you'll catch me wherever I fall. You say it best when you say nothing at all. All day.
It's Ronan Keating on C103 and when you say nothing at all. That's where I leave you for today. Before I go, final comment in from Mary to say, Patricia, I'm a 70-year-old woman and I totally agree that some older people are so rude, bitter and abrupt. They think the world owes them something. I'm new to your show, Patricia, and I love it. Thank you for that, Chico. It's good to have new listeners along. We might pick up on this very topic next week. That's where I leave you. Don't forget, Simon Murdoch and the C103 crew are going to be in Tequila Jacks tomorrow. Warm up for Rod uh, Stewart. Um, Get out and vote and good luck to everybody involved in the Garden Festival.